0: what's going on zero to hear podcast fans welcome back to the show tonight on tonight's episode Haley callison she is a ex pro female hockey player she and she kind of shares her experience uh tonight being in a very male dominated industry of the lumber trade uh she is a pretty awesome person and that was there was a very fun conversation enjoy let us know what you think hit that subscribe button we love you guys This episode of the podcast brought to you by Fit First. Fit First is a fitness store located in North Burnaby at the 40th Center. They are focused on providing the absolute best products in the industry, next level customer service. And honestly, guys, I've been there a few times, got my running shoes there from Evan and his team. The service is unlike anything else you've experienced in a retail environment. Uh, and most importantly, they are focused on building a community in the, in the fitness industry. They've run a run clinic on Sunday mornings for the last few years, and it's it's grown into a pretty cool community weekly event. Regardless of what stage of your fitness journey you're in, whether you're training for a marathon, just getting back into shape, or recovering from an, in- an injury, there is a group for you in this run clinic. Go say hi to Evan if you're interested. Uh, your first drop-in is free Just mention the Zero to Hear podcast when you meet Evan. The clinic is every Sunday from January till May, Sundays, 9 a.m. Check out their Instagram if you are interested at Fit First Footwear or check out their website to get a little more info on the Run Clinic. there. That was a lot. There was a, in the last 15 minutes since yeah. you've been here, that was There's a lot. There's so of, many things I've already <laughs>
1: shared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's kind of how I roll. So
0: let's start with, I think we should start with lumber. Yeah, for sure. Cause that's a super interesting topic to me and something I was really looking forward to yeah. chatting with you about. Yeah. First of all, how do you get into that industry?
1: So I, the way I got into it, um, I think a lot of people get into it now in their, their dad worked there, their grandpa worked there. That's typically the, yeah. the way in for most people. Um, for me, I was in strength and conditioning prior to um, entering the lumber industry. I was a GM in the, at Twist Conditioning and a strength and conditioning coach with the company. And I was recruited by one of my client's fathers. So mm-hmm. he saw me running a meeting with a bunch of guys. And I think he saw, it was like, I think she could handle this industry. And <laughs> um, sent me a text that said yeah, if you're ever looking for a career change and want to make more money, give me a call. I didn't even know what he did or what that meant. And um, at the time, I was really happy where I was at. And then I was a bit less happy where I was at about a year and a half later. And um, so I, yeah, kind of rekindled that conversation and just said, I don't know if the opportunity still stands, but if it does, I'm interested in finding out a little bit more about it. So I... Yeah, I got in touch with them, found out about the industry. There's like a four-tier uh, interview process with our company. And um, yeah, I got hired on and they saw something in me. I know that they love hiring athletes. They love hiring you know, people who are competitive, who know how to work in a team setting. And um, yeah, I got the opportunity. So that's how I entered the industry.
0: Getting into new industry, <clears throat> is it intimidating at all? I'm assuming... I think we've chatted about this quickly before, but, like, not knowing anything about wood.
1: Mm-hmm. I literally didn't, and this might... Like, you yeah.
0: explained to me, when we met a few couple, few months ago, whenever no. it was, you explained to me that a 2 by 4 wasn't actually 2 by 4 Yeah,
1: no. And I'm like, wow, that's <laughs> amazing. Know, right? I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know what a 2 by 4 was in general. Yeah. I, I mean, if I stopped to think about it, I would have known. But, yeah, no, it's... I, I literally knew nothing entering this industry, but I do think, so... The things for me now that I've been there for, it'll be three years in May, that I always say I draw comparisons on is that both industries, strength and conditioning and lumber are people businesses. And Mm -hmm. I genuinely really like people. So Mm -hmm. it's all about everyone I'm calling is buying. It's just a matter of if you want to buy from me or from you. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's sales, but it's customer service. It's Mm -hmm. how are you going to take care of them? And so that part wasn't intimidating to me, but um, entering a new industry was intimidating to me in the sense that I'd been at my previous company for 14 years. And I'm also with Connects for Kids Foundation, and I've been with them for 14 years now. So I've never been like a new employee before, where you're more work by being there than if you weren't there. And that is not something I'm comfortable with. That was the hardest thing is like, how can I contribute? What can I do? Like, it's um, That was probably my biggest challenge was I just I thought if I studied harder or worked harder, I'd just learn faster. But in this industry, you just have to put the time in and see the different markets, start to hear terminology over and over in different meetings and how it applies to different things. And you really had to, I just had to be patient, which I'm not. I just thought I could try harder, but it doesn't work that way. So,
0: is that a frustrating thing to realize? Because <clears throat> coming from a very high level of sports, then like being in the fitness industry for 14 years and I'm assuming being a very high level there. Mm-hmm. going back to square one, isn't that like it kind of fucks with your mind a little bit,
1: doesn't it? Oh, big time yeah. big time. i just I just hate I hate not being good at something or totally. not being a contributor, mm-hmm. and like, I literally went to the like because you in the beginning, they really like take your time, take your time. they don't give you more, even if you want more. they don't give you more until you they feel you're comfortable and ready for more. Mm-hmm. so like. I would find the, fav- the traders, all the guys, their favorite breakfast place. And I got it delivered on a weekly basis because I'm like, what can I do that helps them? Because they're all giving their time to help me learn. But it was, yeah, it was really, it was, it was a struggle for sure. But I also was at a point in my life where I'm like, I'm excited for something new and something different. Mm-hmm. I'd been at kind of the peak in my industry, previous industry that I, not that I knew everything, but I'd been there long enough that any questions that were asked, I could answer. I knew all the details I could handle it. So I was excited to be challenged in a different way. And so I was, I expected some of it, but I didn't expect the fact that I was a bit useless in the beginning. So (laughs) That's one
0: of the things now is like, I don't know everything about real estate. I don't think I'll ever know everything about real estate. Mm -hmm. But when people ask questions, I know exactly where to go for answers. Mm -hmm. Totally. Whereas in brand new... Six years ago, yeah. someone asked me some dumb question about a strata. I'm
1: like, wow, that is a
0: phenomenal question.
2: Yeah.
0: I literally have no clue. Yeah, no I don't idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Google it tonight. Yeah. I'm going to call seven people. Hopefully, someone can tell me, but like, I have no idea.
1: Totally. And that's, I think I've gotten good at that. Like, I, I'm i not afraid to look stupid. If you don't, I, I feel like, again, maybe I'm, I've entered the industry at an older age than a lot of people mm-hmm. that they're trying to recruit now. I mean, the industry is like, typically all the right men. Um, but they are trying to hire this next generation. And the next generation, I think, is more like 24, 25. And I entered in at like 32-ish or something. So I was a little, I already had a previous career established before. So I think I was a little bit different in the sense that I, I don't know, I just, i have I've had that experience. So I understood that you know, there's questions that I don't know. I'm just gonna ask. Mm-hmm. If I have to ask again, that's okay. But make sure I take notes so that you don't have to ask too many questions more than once. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the the general rule with our industry.
0: Any like tips early on from your first year of how to how to improve quicker than like that average person in your position?
1: Um, yeah, I think um, in our industry at least, and maybe probably most industries, I think is if you're working for a company that's willing to invest in you. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of it. Not in a in a rude way or a, a wrong way, but like I feel like my company was willing any courses I wanted to take, any education I wanted to be a part of, they would like they would put the offers out there, like put your hand up. Mm-hmm. Every chance you can, put your hand up because they obviously they like to see that you're eager and you're interested, but you're gonna learn so much faster. And the more I think too, if I don't know, I believe again in an industry where there's a much older generation, if you people like to help people. And Mm -hmm. I think if you get, um, like, I don't know, there's a lot of the older men that I am like, Hey, I want to learn from you. Like you've been in this industry 35 years, like Mm -hmm. anything that you can teach me and people like people who want to learn. And so I think just being really open to it and, and kind of stepping away from your old habits and things like that, but just like, don't be afraid to ask, ask questions. Don't be afraid to give people the opportunity to tell you what they know and how they learned it and be curious. And that's, I think, that's what I think has helped me in, in my kind of progression in our world.
0: That's a similar experience to me in that it seems like the best people in, in our industry in real estate are so overwhelmingly willing to answer questions and help and meet you for coffee and do all that. Yeah. It seem, seems like the people that are maybe struggling or on the way up feel so competitive with you that they don't want to help. Yeah. Whereas, like, the people that are have been doing it for a while or are really good, they don't care about you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, there's so much business out there. Yeah. It's obviously real estate specific here, but uh, there's so much business that like you getting into the industry and selling ten homes next year is not going to take away from like my business. Yeah. And so that's what I've learned too is like the good people, the people that are doing things well, are excited to help almost.
1: Totally, and it's 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 that, and I think that they've they've gone through it themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they had somebody help them when they were struggling or when they were starting. Exactly, out. and then you run into in any aspect of life, you run into people who are a little bit maybe more insecure in their own position or in mm-hmm. their own progression. And yeah. I definitely do find I've run into a few people like that, and I've had to be really delicate in how I ask for help and where and when and in what way, and and just recognizing, like, and acknowledging their strengths and Mm -hmm. things like that. And so much of it is just, like, balancing personalities, really. But um, I think that's always a a bit of a, because I think there's so much I can learn from them as well, too, as long as I can let them put their guard down and know that, like, just because you teach me this doesn't mean I'm going to be better than you. I'm going to be different. Like, there's not a single trader that I will be the same as, and that's what I like. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think I'll do well long-term, hopefully.
0: Any weird things you did in the first year to
1: almost not
0: necessarily you're embarrassed to admit, but almost are funny to look back on now? Because for me, I'll give you an example and yeah. where this question is coming from. For me, in the first probably year, probably 12 months, I didn't know the city that well. Mm-hmm. So I would be, have let's say, a buyer booking a tour for tomorrow that wants to see six houses in Burnaby or wherever. I didn't know where the addresses were, and I didn't want to look like an idiot when I showed I up know, and yeah. like had Google Maps. Oh, when someone's like, "Okay, do you know? Can I follow you?" I'll be like, "Yeah, let me just type this into Google." <laughs> like, Maps. Can I follow you? <laughs> so the night before buyer tours, yeah, I would drive around the city and like locate the house and be like, "Okay, I know exactly where it is. It's that <laughs> one right there." Where's the perfect <laughs> next yeah. one? Yeah, Google Maps. Drive over there. Whatever. But oh. I was so embarrassed to, to like show someone that I didn't know where I was going, kind of thing.
1: Oh, totally. No, yeah. I, I I hear you. I um I think. Again, I'm not embarrassed because I'm, I haven't been cool for years. So it's okay. Um, but I think like when I, what our last interview in our company is where you walk the trading floor and you sit, you literally just spend the day with the traders. And ultimately, the idea is that they're seeing if they like you mm-hmm. and they think you're going to be a good fit. And also, if you feel like you're going to be, is that somewhere you want to be? Is this totally. the environment and you want to be in? And, and I, had a binder and I had printed out all of their bios off the uh off the website. So I had their photos and their bios because I'm like such a nerd, like taking notes as I walked around like and I see other people walk the floor in the three years that I've been there. And I'm like, wow, nobody does that. Like <laughs> but again I think it may be female, male, a little bit different in preparedness. But um I uh yeah, I'm definitely a nerd for stuff like that. Uh and then also, you know, going to um lumber yards, you know, like I don't know, Dick's lumber or standard building supply, like just going to different places that sell wood so that I could just see what it looked like and, you know, how it was sold and mm-hmm. tried to get a little bit of an idea on that. I'd say the not weird thing, but um, I'm in the specialties sector of our business in Cedar. So I wanted to understand the workability of the product. So I ended up making a, like a picnic table for our office out of cedar and dug fir timbers. And it's actually I'm quite proud of it because I've never made a thing in my life. <laughs> I've never been creative at all. But like to me, I'm like I if there's ways that I can just be better and I'm more like that hands on, then you know, I don't know. But I realize again too, like I don't think anyone in my office maybe a couple of guys do a little bit on their own at home. But like <laughs> some of them are like wow. like yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was just it was uh, yeah, that's kind of like the nerdy things that I do because I'm like, if I can just understand a little bit more, then it makes me a little bit better. And I, uh, yeah, I think the bar is set a little bit higher for, for me to show my knowledge um, mm-hmm. as a female versus just trying to build that relationship because you can build a relationship in a different way as a woman. Um, and I wanted to really just show that I know what I'm talking about. I've taken the time to learn. And um, that's something that I really, really, really want to prove.
0: If, I, if someone ever asked me to make a picnic table... I think step one would be call Carl. <laughs> step two would be say, Carl, how much would it cost for me to pay you to build me a picture yeah. table? <laughs> can you make it happen? <laughs> and can you deliver it tomorrow?
1: Yeah, make this. Yeah, oh, totally. I, yeah, I was fortunate. I had a friend who's a contractor. Her husband's a contractor. And so he helped me. But it was important that he let me do. Like he was like, no, this is your project. So you let me learn and do it all on my yeah. own. But yeah. But use uses the tools. I'm, I'm slightly obsessed now, though. That's like a, what I want to get into on my side gig
0: i uh in a rental property i called carl the other day a few months ago i'm like hey i gotta replace this door handle can i just like go to home depot and get a new door handle well he's like well, how's the door <laughs> you know it's like a 1930s house what's yeah. the difference it's the door, it's handle. door. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like well it's probably a different size door handle <laughs> I'm like so what do i need to do he's like do you have do i have a what saw a hole saw do i have a hole saw <laughs> i'm like I'm going to be honest, I've never heard, never heard, but I'm assuming it cuts holes. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, I don't. What does that look like? And he sends me a photo. I'm like, yeah, definitely, definitely don't have
1: one of those. Not happening.
0: <laughs> I don't even know why I asked you to send me a photo because I don't own any saw. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, no, so, no. Not that saw. Oh, oh wait, that's should, the yeah. one you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. Just lent it to a friend, yeah. actually. <laughs> don't have it available anymore. <laughs> yeah. No. It's yeah, I'm I don't know anything about that stuff either. Yeah. But I'm learning. I'm trying anyway, so
2: yeah.
1: The first year.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you felt that like or was there any insecurity being a woman in a male dominated industry?
1: Yeah. Um
0: I Or is there any like prejudice from buyers or people that you're working with or whatever?
1: There's I mean there's mixed opinions. I think um you get some people who think it's going to be easier because you're a woman, but, and having talked to now enough females that work in the industry that have been in it, they're like, the only reason someone would say that is because they think if the buyer sees you in a sexual way, then yeah, it'll be easier. But that's really the only reason they would, that you would do better in this industry, um, which is a bit disheartening of course. But um, I think like, I'm very detail oriented. There's aspects of how I operate that I know will be really, really beneficial for for our industry, but it's 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 I don't know, entering the industry was I came again from a male dominated industry into another male dominated industry. I mind you, I also came in basically right when the whole Me Too movement was happening. Hmm. Like literally right when it happened, and I remember um one of the guys i work with asked in a like it, it was a genuine way was like Does this really happened that much like you know like there's no totally. way this happened that much totally. and i'm like well like and i had shared because i i had been sexually assaulted in a taxi 12 years prior to that in toronto oh, and i never told anybody like literally not even my best friend um prior to that conversation and i said to them i'm like yeah i haven't told many people and I got home that night and I'm like, "Nope, I had actually never told anybody." So it was just like for me the transition of the timing of when I entered this industry and this me now having to process what I'd gone through um, was pretty heavy, but it also helped me realize that like I've always respected I've always respected women, but I wouldn't say I've ever respected myself as a woman hmm. prior to the whole movement. Um, so that's now I hold a much higher standard for what I believe to be acceptable, um, than I did before, before I was in this century. There's so many things I was like, ah, oh, it's fine. Like, of course, like it's, you know, it's one of, you're one of the guys or it's like, no, that, like whatever they're, they're letting you fit in. So it's, it's okay that they said this or did that. Cause it's like, whatever, you get to be a part of things. So, um, but now I'm recognizing that certain things just aren't right. I think a kind of like a bit of a mantra for me in my new industry is that just because something doesn't offend me doesn't mean it shouldn't for the bigger picture. And that's mm-hmm. something I've tried to really hold strong to because I'm not easily offended personally, um, like me as a person, but, um, I realize that there's a much bigger impact in our you know, society, in our world. If, if I don't, if me as a strong character, strong female doesn't speak up, then I'm not helping anyone sort of thing. So, totally. but yeah, it's,
0: it's an interesting topic. Cause obviously as like, like 30 year old white males like me and Carl, we are just completely ignorant to it. We don't really see it. We like, I've listened to a few podcasts where they're interviewing, I think one was a comedian or whoever, a few like professional, borderline famous women. Yeah. And one of them explained it super interesting. And for some reason, this stuck with me like, imagine waking up every single day and leaving your house and being completely terrified the entire time that you're out of your house. And she's like, obviously, this is a bit of an exaggeration, but like, if I, she was a comedian. So, like, if I leave a comedy club at 2 a.m. walking to my car, if someone comes up, like a bigger, stronger male comes up to me, I'm helpless. I can't do anything. Literally
1: nothing you can do.
0: Whereas, like, this is Joe Rogan. She points to him. She's like, if you leave the comedy club at 2 a.m., no one's going to fuck with you because yeah. <laughs> you're chance. like a strong white male. Yeah. yeah,
1: Totally. And I like, I, I, again, I played pro hockey. I'm like a fairly fit or was fairly fit female and like strong. But I, I mean, I learned at a younger age when I, cause I played hockey with the guys. I'm like, there was a point where I'm like, wow, like doesn't matter how strong I am. I don't stand a chance. Hmm. Like literally don't stand a chance. It's yeah. It's a bit fucked. Um, in our, in our, something that I'm, I have like a real goal with our industry and our company to try and help shift things, um, hopefully to make things a little bit better and a little bit more, create an opportunity in a space that allows more women to feel they can come and work in this industry mm. and feel safe. And I was talking to our, um, I think it was our, a couple, a couple of the high ups in our parent company and was talking about like going on a road trip. So I, or like I, a customer trip. So I go on a customer trip and I'm like, you know, like, I want to make sure I don't stay on the ground floor. And they're like, what? Why does that matter? I'm like, as a single female, like, on mm-hmm. my own in New Jersey? Like, I don't feel safe staying on the ground floor. I need to be in a hotel that, am like, you know, to second or third floor and that the parkade is well lit. Mm-hmm. Is there a restaurant in the hotel or do I have to drive? Because, like, is it a safe area? to walk? Like, all these things that they're like, wow, right. Like, we don't have to think about that. We don't even, like, and... I don't ever expect our company to, I don't feel like it's their responsibility, but fuck would it go a long way if they were like, hey, just a heads up, we booked your hotels. You're on the set or you're on the third floor. We Mm -hmm. made sure you got a safe, like if they took the time to do that, just how far that would go for someone, I think would be pretty incredible. Like it's just those little, little details that are like, wow, you actually recognize that this isn't that fun. This, you know, stuff isn't always as fun for us as it Mm -hmm. is for some of the guys, but
0: totally. Yeah.
1: Have you ever been in a situation like that, Carl? Because I, I then
0: I th- like bring it back to my life and think I, I'm talking about like this comedian woman that I heard explain it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, have I ever been in a situation where I actually feel terrified? Every time I hear a woman talk about this, it blows my mind. I, it's so un, like for like it's unrelatable Never. almost, which is super ignorant to say, but. It's just, no. it's just a, such a different thing. Like I'm 6'8", right? So like, yeah. honestly, I just walk around. I don't, I've never yeah, ever Carl's, thought about I don't know if you saw Carl ever. stand up, but he's, <laughs> yeah, no, he's 6'8". Yeah. It never crosses my mind ever. Yeah. But like it, listening to you, like girls talk about it is, is crazy. I was in Turkey f- five years ago, maybe. And getting off the plane, there's yeah. two dudes, like army dudes with AK-47. Yeah. At the gate.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm like, oh, this is a different place. Yeah. I've never been somewhere like this. Different and then world, yeah. <clears throat> went to a hotel, walked out for dinner. And it wasn't dark at the time. It was like 5 p.m. But walked to dinner. At dinner, got dark. Walked back. And I'm like, I don't want to walk down that alley that I went to because there was dudes walking mm-hmm. around with AK-47s. That's
1: yeah. so you sketchy. So I'm like, I want to
0: go to the like, busiest stop late <laughs> and walk that way, which is the long way back to the hotel. but
1: <laughs> Which is like every night. And that somebody word- yeah. termed it really well for me once, one of my old teammates. And she said, she was asked a question, what would you do if you didn't have a curfew? and guys would be like, what do you mean? You don't have a curfew. It's like, no, literally, like, we, I don't go out at night just to, like, I'd like, you know, for her, she's like, I'd love to go for a run at night. Like, so would I, but I would never go for a run at night on my own. Hmm. Like, even in Vancouver, and I feel like I live in a pretty great area, pretty safe area, and again, I feel like I'm fairly strong or fit or healthy, and, like, I can hold my own fairly, like, but no, I I, I just couldn't. Like, any time I walk, I'm like, again, you try to, like, look big or, like, I'm on the phone or, you know, text somebody, hey, like I'll text you when I get home. Like this is where I'm going or like find a friend, you know, just those things. that. But it's just it's just normal to us. Like you just have to you just that's just how you operate.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's a bit. No, a bit I, I, weird is not the right word. It's just no, like it's fair. Yeah. You don't really think like, no, <clears throat> again, ignorance, but
1: like we don't really think about it. Being in a condo with two people, two males I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no, don't right, worry, I feel safe. I know you.
0: <laughs> now we have like enough of a track record. Okay, there's yes. 90 episodes out there, people can see the yeah, uh YouTube. If they podcast. Want to. Right? <laughs>
2: yeah. I know, but where at the beginning go? I was
0: most of where I found people in the first like let's say 30 or 40 was just like Instagramming DM yeah. DMing people and i always whenever i was sending to like a professional woman that yeah. i like had followed or whatever thought there would be a really interesting conversation i always felt awkward of mm. like i'm inviting this person to my condo yeah at 6 p.m. on a thursday <laughs> and just saying hey you do you want a podcast
2: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds so like so chill no yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah no it's it isn't i i don't know that to me is such a interesting co- topic right now as well too just like for men in the world right now of knowing how to operate, how to be respectful and yeah. cautious and, mm. but still like, I don't know, like it's, you know, like on the female side, like I, it's still nice when the guy opens the door and, you know, offers to pay for dinner, or, you know, or whatever those little situations are. But I do recognize mm. it's a really tough space for men. I think for like, especially dating, you know, like for men to know how to, how and where they can, show up yeah. and um I, I I don't know it's I, I've I've also run into people I won't name but sort of like <laughs> you know like what I can't compliment a woman on her dress anymore like it's and I'm like like oh you have fucking no idea like you have no idea like you don't know what they've gone through and I'm not saying everyone's gone through it but like just respect that there's a way to do it and there's a way to like if you know them you know, like there's a way to do it where you don't look like an asshole or you don't look like creepy, just like, you know, like, yeah, well, you look very nice today. Like, it's that simple, be respectful. But like, mm. just the number of people that feel so put out by the whole situation is a bit challenging. because so I'm I don't know, again, I, I had not shared what happened to me for a long time. And to have people just make assumptions was really, you know, I don't know, tough, totally. I guess you'd say. <clears throat> but.
0: And I'm assuming most people that it happens to just kind of like shove it under the rug kind of thing and don't say anything or don't talk about it. Yeah. So it probably happens so much more often than
1: so much more often. About. I and that was I had a few coworkers that I shared this with, and they were like, "And again, I, I am quite an outspoken person, so people assume that I that it may not happen. It wouldn't happen to me because I wouldn't let it happen to yeah. me. And I mean, I." forever. I was like, why did I sit in the front seat? Like, oh, I shouldn't, you know, like all these things that I thought I did wrong. Um, But there's a few people that I've worked with now have said, thank you for sharing. I've, I realize now I probably need to ask my wife if anything's ever happened to them, because if it's happened to you, it's probably happened to them or something hasn't. And Mm -hmm. they're like, or something has, they're like, I may not have created a space for them to feel they can open up about that. And to me, that's like, that's why I'm now comfortable about sharing because I'm like, I hope it Allows people to have that conversation and, and feel like they can create a safe platform for that. But. It just
0: like, I don't know if it's our generation being a little bit younger, maybe with the internet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But like, to me, when I hear stories like that, the first thing in my head is, it must have been like an older dude. Like, yeah, and I know that's not always probably not true. <laughs> but like. Yeah. It's not that difficult to be respectful. I don't think. Anyway, yeah. Maybe it was like my parents did a good job (laughs) because they worked on me, you know, kind of thing. But like, I just don't understand. And like, in our, especially with like everything that's happened in the last few years with social media, yeah, it's gonna come back to bite you. Oh yeah, like, like, don't think anyone's not gonna find
1: out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's it's. What did you said something about?
0: I just like in what situation is that? going to be a winning formula yeah. for you. Like what do you why not be friendly like when, yeah, I don't know. I always like, come okay. back to this just like why not be friendly and treat people with respect. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you it's like your garbage man or yeah. your accountant or like whoever.
2: Yeah.
1: I do what oh yeah I was gonna say is I do respect or maybe not the right word. I do understand that certain things at a different time were acceptable. And not saying they were right, but there were certain aspects, certain like to a to a degree that was acceptable. And then there's a whole other fucking like long list of things that were not acceptable. But I do, I do feel like there's a, this level of things that were just like, it was okay, or it was kind of seen as okay. And that, that's the piece that I find that I've had really good friends, male friends that are like, want to be able to talk about, they're like, man, was I ever, did I ever do something? Like, was I at the bar and did I, you know, grab a girl's ass or did I, you know, like, was there th- something that I did that at that time the world kind of said, oh, it's fine. It's just what happens. And for them to be able to talk through that. But I also feel like our world is like, if you were to say something, people are going to jump on you. Whereas I'd like there to be a bit of a space for, for guys to be like, man, like talk with my buddies. Like, is there something that I did? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, was I dating someone? Maybe she like, I don't know, whatever the situation is. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's this little bubble that should be created for a space for men to be able to talk about thinking about some of their actions and not just men, I should say actually women Mm -hmm. as well too, Um, you know, whatever the, whatever the case may be. But um, I don't know. It's just something that's been like, we're in this pendulum swing of like, yes, it might feel a bit extreme right now, but it's been over here for so long. So it's going to take some time to come back. And um, I don't know. I just, I think that there's this aspect of the conversation that has not yet been allowed for men who are good men who have maybe done or did some things that at the time were okay. I don't know if you guys have thought about that or
0: hundred percent. And like <clears throat> people do a lot of dumb things when they're like in groups mm-hmm. and drinking. Yep. Totally. Right. All yes. the time. All yep. of us. <laughs> and Not I think like this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> I think dudes just feel super uncomfortable to talk about it because they don't want to be like, that's the guy, yeah. you know, kind of thing or like caught or quote unquote yeah. caught. But I, th- yeah, yeah, I d- I would like to ask, be able to ask more questions, and not be condemned by the questions, kind of thing, right? Totally, Mm -hmm.
1: totally agree, and that's the space that I because I don't know the like,
0: yeah, sure. I've had a few relationships, but like I don't know the exact boundary, and I'm sure it's Mm -hmm. totally different for everyone.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's it is it's it's interesting. I again, I'm not usually one to talk about dating, but I've only recently started dating, and I'm like, it's I found guys are really like, hey, is it okay if I? And I'm like, wow, you're like. Really respectful, and I'm like, oh, are we living in a time now that they feel they have to check on everything, you know? And I'm like, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the world we are in now, or I don't know. It's. I think some
0: people, I think some people are scared to like do something that offends people. Yeah. Whereas on the other side, had this conversation with my sister, and she, I think, listens to the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Not gonna be happy about this, but like using a dating app or something like that, and I, she's very uncomfortable with talking about it. But I ask her every time I see her. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm the big brother. Yeah. But every time I'm like, How's it going? Did you go on a date? Like, yeah. have you gone out for a drink with someone? She's like, Honestly, like, the dudes are just jackasses. She's like, All they want to do is sleep with you. I'm like, Who are these people? Like, I could never imagine texting someone or messaging someone on Tinder and just being like, Yo, want to hook up? Yeah. What a jackass. They
1: just hope, like if I ask enough people, someone's going to say yes. You're gonna is catch that the goal? Somebody like, in the right it? mood. Oh, I think so.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's... Um, Imagine if you were just nice to people. You'd probably get laid
1: a lot more. <laughs> yeah, and it's too bad because as a female, you just, then you kind of like, oh, is that, like, is, that, is that it sort of thing? But I don't totally. know. It's, yeah, it is. It's, you definitely run into some characters, I think. <laughs> but I'm sure, again, it goes probably both ways,
0: I would assume, maybe. I've never, like, I haven't really used dating apps, so I can't really yeah give a ton of experience from yeah. that.
1: A, I don't know. I'm just like platform. <laughs> playing
0: off of like what other people are telling me. Like my yeah. sister, but
1: I'm just learning. So <laughs> very, very recently. Yeah. Is that the same experience though? Yeah. Yeah. Who the fuck are these people? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it is, it's, it isn't, I, there's, yeah. But again, I, I, I'm also someone who believes in people beyond probably what a lot of people in my life think I should, but I like, I will always believe someone's good until they prove otherwise. And, I will give people the benefit of the doubt. I will be safe, but I will give people the benefit of the doubt first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, you do run into some, I think you can, you can figure it out fairly quick on who they are, but whether that's face-to-face at a bar or online, to me, it's not a lot different. Mm -hmm. I think you can, you can run into great people and you can run into not so great people anywhere.
0: Yeah. Something Gary Vee says that I absolutely love this because it makes so much sense. People always ask him, like, is social media ruining uh, the next generation, blah, blah, blah. And his thing is, it's exposing the assholes. Yeah. So he's like, well, someone got caught on video doing something. 40 years ago. They were still that doing person, it. <laughs> there's people still doing that shit. Yeah. Now it's just caught and you're being exposed.
1: Totally, yeah. So you're and just I upset about like it because you're, yeah. Oh, now I hear you. Because yeah. I,
0: I would assume as, like, the internet and social media keep progressing, that people are going to be scared to do bad shit because it's going to be caught and they're going to yeah. be exposed. It yeah. gets put on the internet, right? And just exactly. follows you for the rest of your life.
1: Totally. just pushing, don't be an asshole?
0: people to make better judgments,
1: yeah. right? I have a joke podcast going with my friend, Just Don't Be a Piece of Shit <laughs> yeah. is the name of our podcast. We haven't started officially started it, but we do have a few recordings. So <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. love That's this. Perfect. Yeah. Where can I listen to this? <laughs> I'll, I'll send you the recordings. It's pretty good. <laughs> just examples of people that we get to deal with in our industry, wow. <laughs> on a daily basis, so it's um, yeah, it's quite entertaining. So, or we think we're entertaining, anyways. But <laughs> amazing, <laughs> yeah.
0: I like that stuff. I like calling people out. Yeah, it's kind I, of fun for so me. Do I. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's definitely. a great platform right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next up, no. <laughs> yeah,
0: have you recorded them?
1: Uh, we've only done like we've only done like recordings to each other, not with the actual guests, but we. Have pretended we know exactly who they are so we've just basically really relive the uh the experiences with each other so that we can process because nobody else really gets it nobody else gets on a daily basis what we go through in this industry as <laughs> yeah. a woman and so it feels like a joke but we just have to like we have to process it to to feel like we're not insane totally yeah
0: all I'm thinking of right now is like this is gonna be this. Yeah, your idea is gonna be the podcast version of like the sexual predator MSNBC oh, thing.
2: Totally. Like caught. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. It's yeah. <laughs> you like lure them into a room and like interview them on the podcast. You're yeah. Like, Why are you such a dick?
1: <laughs> oh, t- yeah, exactly. No, I don't care how much you're buying for me. I'm not going up to your room. Thanks. Like, like it's yeah, it's it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny because you could it's not that funny but it's all you can do is laugh because it's so prevalent
0: it's such a naive thing to even say i think but like i understand that it happens Mm -hmm. i just can't really like i can't fathom it happening this often yeah to so many different people yeah what is the what like what i don't understand what the purpose is what's what's the goal
1: I know. It's it's hard because I again I share with like some of my best friends that I know that are guys that are asking that same question and sometimes there's this feeling to justify and the thing is I know when like, you know, say this situation happened and they're like, you know, oh, but that wasn't their intention. I'm like, No, I, I like I get what you're saying. I'm like, hmm. I could choose to look at it this way, but I'm like, man, if I had answered this way, I know what would have happened. Like, you know, I don't know, it's just it's hard. I'm trying to find a way, how can we, how can we communicate with, you know, the good guys and the guys that think they're good guys. And then there's just your piece of shit, like to realize when these actions or these conversations, or when they do these things, just how shitty it makes you feel. Like, Mm. I think they just don't, they don't understand or don't get it. And again, it's not meant to bash males, but it's just like, These certain situations, I'm like, you just think you can do whatever the fuck you want. And it's super frustrating because I'd prefer that they not.
0: (laughs) It's tough to like, I don't know where this is learned. And for me, it just came through like hundreds of appointments with different clients. Mm -hmm. But like now when I go into an appointment with a new client, it's always like ask a few questions at the beginning, Mm -hmm. hear their responses, and then Deliver the information I want to get across, whether they're selling, buying, mm-hmm. whatever, in a way that is going to make sense to them. Yes. So, like, why I'm bringing this up now is like, whenever I'm saying something or presenting information to clients, I'm always thinking about how are they going to perceive this, mm-hmm. how are they going to think from this topic. Yeah. Most people don't think about that; they just say yeah. Re- shit. That, and it, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. That
2: it's that's it's so
1: important, and that's yeah. like again, I think because. I'm whatever, in my 30s. I think something I've worked on a lot in uh, kind of the last five or six years was anything you say, just because I say something doesn't mean you're going to hear it the way I want you to hear it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I have to understand that it's going to, it may be received completely different. And I need to respect and understand how every person receives that information. And I really do try in every conversation I have with somebody, whether that's, you know, friend, family, customer, whatever, like, when I say something, how could that be received? Mm -hmm. And I don't need to, you know, well, like, oh, that's not what I meant. Well, it doesn't matter if that's what I meant. If, if, if they're receiving it in a different light, maybe, you know, maybe you've just come through shitty traffic and your girlfriend dumped you and you, whatever, like there could be so many different Mm -hmm. uh, situations. I need to understand you're coming to this conversation from your own, your own experience, your own day, your own environment, whatever that is. And and I don't know what that is. And I need to respect that and know your response might be whatever it is because of everything that you've just experienced.
0: There's a really big podcast called Impact Theory. What's that guy's name, Carl? Do you remember? I don't remember. Impact Theory. Okay. I can't remember it. Anyway. Uh, he with his wife, he did like a sub podcast off of that, like maybe once every two weeks or something called Relationship Theory. So they would just talk about, they would get like questions from listeners asking questions about their specific relationships, whatever. And what's it's, his name? Uh, Tom Bilyeu. Bilyeu. Yeah, that's right. Um, one of the things he said that stuck with me super, um, communication. Communication is not what you say, it's how the other person hears it. And he's it's talking about it so in true. a relationship, obviously, yeah. but it, it's the same in business Any too. Any relationship,
1: mm. two humans, it's a relationship. Yeah. Exactly. That's really, I like that line. Totally, uh, eh? Yeah.
0: And maybe it was then actually, because that was probably like two years ago. But like, I feel like I'm a way stronger communicator in list like appointments with clients I'm talking about specifically, because I've almost shifted that uh, mindset into listening first and then presenting information that's going to make sense to them. Totally. Rather than like, here's what I do to sell your place. Here's your value, blah, 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 blah. Here's 180 sales. People just get overwhelmed with information. And a lot of them just want, like, to communicate and understand how the relationship's going to go and how, what is this timeline going to look like and all those things.
1: Yeah. You're, like, formulating your answer before they finish talking. Mm. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard. I'm, I'm an extrovert, so I, like, I like to talk. <laughs> I like to talk things out. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's something I've had to really, really, really work on is just, like, shut my mouth, hear it, and then respond. Yeah. But I would say it's definitely not a natural, natural space for me. I've learned to, in certain situations, just like get up and walk away Mm -hmm. in a respectful manner or be like, oh, great. You know, I got to grab food. Let's chat about this after. Mm -hmm. If I know that I'm not going to respond in a way that's professional or not going to respond in a way that I feel is effective or how I really would would like to, you know, relay the information that I'd like to relay sometimes. So, um, and I, I, again, I've learned that through some of our traders. It's something happens on the phone and you know, that customer is really emotional, you know, finding a, a space to say, you know what, I want to, let me just check on one thing. Do you mind if I put you on hold? Like, let them calm down. You can calm down, come back to the conversation or however that is. And it's, it's definitely, yeah, helped me process much better than I could have.
0: <laughs> yeah. We, we were talking earlier about like preparing for the podcast and I used to Say the first forty of them or something. I would like do research, mm-hmm. write notes, have like a full page of notes, and just kind of like go through. And I found myself not really engaging in the conversation, mm-hmm. but more being like, "Okay, I asked this? this thing. What's the next thing I'm going to ask?" Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas without any note sheet, obviously I write stuff down as we go, but
2: yeah.
0: uh, without a note sheet, I just feel like I'm listening so much better, and the conversations flow like Wait, so much smoother. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's. It's prepared is good, but there's, yeah, there's something to be said about just letting shit happen. (laughs) Just winging it. Oh, (laughs) man. Basically wing the first 30 years of my life, Carl. (laughs) I'm still, I'm still Still alive. Yeah, I (laughs) know. I'm with you there. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Sports got to teach. I don't know. Sports, there's a lot of preparation, but at the same time, it's more like the people that do really well, I think are the ones that make decisions quickly in the heat of the moment. Yeah. And you can't really prepare for that.
1: No, there's things you can do like. You, you know you can train, you can eat right, you can do all those things, but then when it comes to it, it's yeah, you need to be able to just be with okay with whatever happens mm-hmm. when it happens yeah
0: we so we met a few months ago yeah. at an event, which was kind of a cool topic, just transitioning from sports to business, and I don't know there's a few really interesting things that we kind of brought up with uh the guys on the SF, or the uh UBC oh. team.
1: Can't believe you just said that. No, I
0: don't really. <laughs> so care.
1: uncomfortable. Hopefully, there's an edit button. <laughs> T bird for life here. <laughs> did you go to UBC? I did. I played varsity for UBC. Yeah, okay. hockey, though not football,
0: obviously. <laughs> I played basketball at UBC for one year, so my allegiance is not as
2: strong. No. Okay. I don't really
1: care. <laughs> like animals, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. I thought it was a good. It was a good, really good event. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Because I
0: look back to being a kid in university at like 19 and I guess you always say this, but like, I wish I knew then what I knew now kind of thing. You wish you had some more life experience or could use that. Like one of the things I brought up was using your leverage. Mm -hmm. There's so many people while you're a university athlete that want to help you. Yeah. Make connections with those people, especially like UBC has a phenomenal alumni association. Yeah. And the basketball team had some really big backers as well that would, like, take us out for lunch at the beginning of the season and all these things. And I was a shy kid and didn't really go to my way to, like, build those relationships. Mm-hmm. And I kind of look back and think. But at the same time, it's, like, a very good learning experience now forward, right? Yes. Of,
1: but you're right. It's, like, an opportunity that is is created for people who don't know how to utilize it. Yeah at all no that's that's true it's um i
0: think even like professional athletes don't use it yeah like, no i i talk about the nfl because the nfl is like one of the if not the biggest league in north america yeah and social media obviously is a big tool right now to gain traction and exposure Yes. Yeah. and a lot of guys in the nfl that are only going to be famous for three years yeah max they're not even using it yeah like why not show your personality on on yeah. social media. People will love you. It might build a connection. You instead of it's having 10,000 followers, or, yeah, yeah. using it a little bit, you'll have half a million followers yeah. and that just kind of like progresses for the future.
1: No, you're totally right. Yeah, it's it is it's it's, it's a bit strange we um I know I I feel like the same way like growing or er, at my excuse me, at my time at UBC, there was we had such we have this old birds group, so it's like older, older men that really supported our women's hockey program. They fundraised it like Bob Hindmarsh. Like I had that scholarship basically every year, like mm-hmm. funded my entire university. But it wasn't until later in life that I really recognized seizing those opportunities. And I remember someone saying like, "There's so many situations that people just don't ask." Oh, it's like oh, it's you know. Uh, this person's just such a high-profile person; like they're not going to give me the time of day. Like, mm-hmm. but probably everyone thinks that, so just ask totally. because they might actually give you the time of day. That happened to me. I was at a con, uh, sorry, a concert in Stanley Park, and I was just getting into wanting to get into color commentary at UBC. I did the color commentary for UBC men's and women's hockey for three years, I think. Cool. And I was just getting into it. Now, again, I'm a nerd, so I started like studying and stuff. And <laughs> I ran into somebody at the concert, and they're like. I was te- oversharing. I was telling them how, I'm, you know, going to start this in the fall. And they're like, oh, like we know Jim Robson, who used to be like the Jim Robson broadcast booth at the Canucks. Like he is the guy. He's like, they're like, oh, would you ever want to talk to him? I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So while we sat there, he literally grabbed my phone, sent me or put his number in there, sent him, or sorry, grabbed my number, sent him a text. And before like the first song even came on, we had a response back, and Jim's like, absolutely, find out when, like, when do you want to come and meet? Invited me to his home. I got to go sit with him at his house for, like, a couple hours. He went through how he used to prepare for every single Canucks game for color commentary. He gave me his book. Like, just because I said, yes, I'd love to, I'd love to meet with you. Thank you. Like, but it would, it would have been so easy to be like, oh, it's Jim Robson. He's totally. got his own broadcast booth at GM Place. Like, I can't ask him that, mm-hmm. but why not? Like, I don't know. I'm lucky I was in that mindset. And, just he gave me all the time in the world he's like he's like oh let me know when you're on i'm gonna listen and i'm like don't listen it. i'm like i don't want you to listen in. i'm so new to this but um i don't know i just think people need to as often as you can don't be like worst case you say no and you're sitting in the same seat you were in before you asked so just ask
0: and the thing is jim probably loved helping you right yeah he's, he's been doing this his whole life right and now his passion yeah someone who's interested in it oh for sure right yeah. that's awesome
1: yeah it was pretty. Yeah, it was people pretty amazing. People like
0: talking about themselves and their oh, experience, yes, they right? Do. Yeah, most people do. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're genuinely wanting to learn, mm-hmm. like if you're asking him how he prepares for games, whatever, he's yeah. probably so pumped that someone Somebody like cares. super cares. Yeah, yeah.
1: totally. Yeah, it's pretty. But again, like I feel like I've probably had other opportunities that were amazing that I didn't take up at the time that I just wasn't mentally in that space. But any young humans, like, take it and just say yes. Just ask. But yeah, I know. Uh, it was pretty wild.
0: What's the prep like for this? Because honestly, I have thought about this quite a few times. I love watching golf and yeah. NFL. Yeah. And listening to the stats and like the information that these people have uh, as the game is going on. Oh, you know, this guy makes 19% of his putts from this range. I'm, I'm sure they're Googling some of it. Oh, oh but, for like, sure. How much prep are you doing before these games?
1: Yeah, you, I don't know. And how do you know people. everyone?
0: Like in NFL, it's like, oh, this is the right tackle. No mm-hmm. one knows the right tackle's name. Well,
1: no one's going to argue with you You're on the radio. They're just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'm like, go ahead, tell me everything. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no? All right. Um, yeah. But... no. So like, then I, what
0: level of information is fabricated? Yes, it, yep.
1: probably. No one's questioning it. No. Um, I, I was like, how he explained it to me, he had this like little sheet with like notches along the side of like, you know, the colors of the teams, like actual colors, you know. What the weather was like that day. Um, then it was like referees, like he added all like little notches so that he would remember to hit it at some point as he okay. was going through. Um, so there's certain aspects that he'd really dive into. And then you find like two or three kind of unique pieces of information or detail or stats that people are going to think is cool. Yeah. Um, you know, if some siblings are playing against each other or whatever it is, mm. um, some storyline, but so much happens in a game that you or in a you know in a match whatever you can pull so much information mm-hmm. and just come up with it as you go especially yeah. when you when you played the sport
2: sure.
0: or watched it a lot you can uh, there's some stuff though that uh, those people say that <laughs> i think to myself like how could they pos- first of all why are they tracking this and how could he <laughs> he or she possibly know that that like, yeah. <laughs> was going to be useful today like totally carl sabula Shoots 57% from the field when it's raining in the second half.
1: because yeah. no one's gonna question you on it. <laughs> Literally, you could just make up shit. Well, it is a Tuesday, so uh, <laughs> this never happens. Yeah, like <laughs> no, it's I again. I was I was friends with Dave Tomlinson. I used to work with him at my previous job, and he mm. he was amazing. He would like he did the uh, he did the color for the Canucks for years. Yeah, and the preparation, the amount of time he would spend googling details and information and yeah. i mean mind you i think at, at the pro level they do provide you with a lot of stats and stuff like that so you can just choose how you want to play to it and i'm sure like anything else you just start to get your own your own way or your own style things that you care about like yeah. uh, having been a player i loved you know i love talking about what the players were going through mentally on the ice cuz mm-hmm. i was like i'm a mental person like i love that that you know the psychology aspect of sports so I would love speaking to that in the broadcast. So everyone, I think, just finds their own little kind of niche and angle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, like, Jim Nance pops into my head right now. <laughs> I think because he does golf now. Yeah. He used to do basketball. Or he does the NCAA tournament, maybe. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Obviously, big sports broadcaster. <coughs> oh, what was my point? Fun I am just, just make shit like, up. That's all you need I'm to do. I'm just dreaming <laughs> about Jim Nance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, like his... Just the way that he says things, how he's like really slow talking and it really flows, and it's very emotional but soft. And you just listen to it and I'm like, "That's the most amazing thing I ever heard."
2: <laughs> like, all he said was up. Tiger
0: just made a putt. All that's yeah. all he said. But the way that he said <laughs> the it, the delivery, uh, yeah. yeah, remarkable. You're amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah, I know. I I would like some people have such conviction and they're like, you know, goal or whatever they get into it. I'm like I am super sarcastic, so it was fun for like friends and family who would listen because they could hear the jokes they knew like how how dry my humor can be but not i'm sure like half the people who listen maybe there's 10 people listening who knows but um would would catch you know catch that humor sort of thing so it's yeah it's fun but i was definitely not that like high energy like do you have to be unbiased
0: when you're doing that um because when i'm listening to sports and obviously the two that i watch often i know a lot about mm -hmm. and in the nfl i love tony romo I don't know if you watch NFL at a all. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Tony Romo is one of the best color guys because he's not afraid to call people out. Mm-hmm. He'll, he was a quarterback in the league for a long time, and he was a pretty good quarterback. And he'll be like, oh, you, you know, you made a terrible read on that. The safety came, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You're like, I like that he said something negative. Whereas yes. everyone else is just like so dream world. Yeah. It's only positive comments, right? I
1: totally know what you mean. Mm-hmm. It, that actually drove me a little bit nuts, especially... In female sports, Um, and I think it took till like your Cassie Campbells and Tessa Bonham who played to not like, because I think people did like them, again, not to go, but I feel like because there was only male sports broadcasters for a long time, so they were just like, oh, good try. And I'm like, no, that was fucking terrible. Like, (laughs) give me the mic. Like, are you kidding me? That was a terrible play. like And I just like, I like that some of the, again, some of the women who are up and coming are like, can acknowledge it and just call it out for what it is because sometimes it's just a bad play and you know like we we watch our game tape we know it was a bad play we know it was a bad decision and i know i i hate the i hate the fluffy bullshit i don't know broadcasting sometimes cuz like sure they tried of course they tried they're pro athletes like you know people are like oh they didn't care i'm like are you fucking kidding me they care there's no chance that they don't care like in my opinion pro athletes care like that's their livelihood that's their that's everything to them um, but yeah, I don't know. The broadcasting drives me a little bit nuts sometimes depending on who it is, but I think they need to be a little bit more truthful or, and it, it, yeah, when you say bias, like it, you can, as long as you acknowledge it's your opinion, mm-hmm. like when I broadcasted for UBC, I, they, I made it clear that I was a ex, like I was an alumni from UBC. So of course I'm going to have a slanted opinion on certain things, but I would also call things out how I saw it as well too, mm-hmm. but for sure I'd have a slightly biased. Opinion. And I think it's... That's why I honest.
0: like starting the Seahawks podcast.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> of course it's biased. Like, I'm a huge Seahawks fan. It's a Seahawks But it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun. Honestly, I don't even know what, how the idea started. It was just like, ah, oh, I like talking about this. Mm-hmm. I think Lucas and I were out for beer. Lucas is the guy that I do it with. And we were just chatting about Seahawks game that happened recently. And we were pissed because they lost. Or, like, some shit happened. I don't yeah. know. And I'm like, I really find a lot of value in being able to talk about the game afterwards. Because yeah. usually I watch it by myself on Sunday night because mm-hmm. I tape it because I'm working during the day and I get home at 6 p.m., crack a beer and like play it yeah. on record. And then I go to bed. You I do bot- get to voice my you anger. You don't get to do- bottle those get to emotions. Do- Nobody gets to
1: hear how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear you.
0: And then we started this podcast and I'm like, this is the most amazing thing ever. <sighs> like I could not see my life moving forward without a Seahawks podcast yeah. just so I can voice my anger.
1: Oh, I yeah. <laughs> like totally I hear you I'm I'm like super inclined after being a part of a couple of the podcasts to just ha- like to to get into something like this because right now I literally do voice notes on my phone like that's how I voice my opinion yeah. and like because I'm like I need to say it I need to put it out there you know things that piss me off or whatever or things that I'm really excited about but when you don't have a platform to do it like yeah I'm starting to realize how how cool podcasts are, how valuable they are. Do you listen to those notes on your phone? Uh, sometimes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Like, cool. you just have a big library yeah, like, of Oh, Wow, I was not anger. happy. <laughs> sometimes just to be able to get to the language that I want to be able to use, again, being an extrovert, like I have an opinion and an emotion in that moment. And then to be able to go, if I, if I do that on my way home from work one day, then the next day I can come to work more formulated in what I, like what actually pissed me off you know, by the end of my little recording, it's like, oh, it's, it actually wasn't the first four minutes. It was the last three that that's actually what was, I was really upset about. It wasn't yeah. the first piece. It was, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like, I don't it's kind of like journaling, but it's, I found it really, really effective to capture my emotion mm-hmm. and to capture my, yeah, where I'm at mentally because I, yeah, again, you can write, but to me, I find, I found the, like writing the words don't necessarily capture what I'm feeling in that moment as well.
0: Every Tuesday morning we have a team meeting with our <clears throat> with our realtors and for the first like 15 minutes we'll usually just share stories throughout the week whether it was positive negative whether there was a situation they felt uncomfortable in or something that really frustrated them dealing with another realtor or whatever it is and I find a lot of value in one like hearing their situation and just kind of like sharing how I've dealt with those in the past mm-hmm. or sharing something that angered me and just kind of hearing their perspective
1: Totally.
0: So, I don't know, it kind, of, it kind of comes back to the podcast where you get to communicate with someone else rather than just, like, yelling into your phone.
1: <laughs> yes. Was that wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it is it is so true. And I think, I, I don't know, I think that I've often been somebody who sees the best in things. And, you know, I've, I feel like I've had, my life is not hard. Like, I've been very fortunate. I've mm-hmm. got an unbelievable family that supports me. And my, yeah, nothing is hard in my life. So I have a hard time when things aren't good feeling like I have the right to be pissed off about something because I'm like, who am I to be pissed off? Like I have, like I own a condo in Vancouver. Who fucking owns a condo in Vancouver? Like I'm so fortunate. Like I have a job that I love. I've got family, friends that I love, you know, like I don't think I, I so freak, I so quickly go to this perspective place that I'm just learning to allow myself to be pissed off about stuff mm-hmm. or to be like, you know what? That sucked. It didn't feel good. I didn't like that. I didn't like how that person talked to me. And it's, I'm just learning to balance that right now. And it's not like, it's, it's still not a comfortable space because I instantly, I'll vent to somebody and then I'm like, oh, but I shouldn't like, that shouldn't bother me. Like, you know, I've got everything else going, you know, things are good, but it's, um, yeah, it is, it's, it's finding that space and that capacity or that, I don't know, again, platform to be able to be like, you know what actually just sucked? Like that person was an asshole to me. And I didn't like it. Do you know where that
0: reaction is um, or that gratitude almost comes from? Like, do you know where you learn that from? Because I think the natural reaction for a lot of people in most situations is the angry one. Mm -hmm. And I find myself doing the same thing. Like, I use this example a lot of, like, someone cuts you off in traffic. Your first reaction is, like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. But then I'll pull myself, like, three seconds later, I'm like, well, I don't really know what that guy's up to. Yeah. You know, maybe so his girlfriend just broke up of, with him, yeah. you know, like, whatever. Why would I, who, I don't know their story. It's yeah. going to make me two seconds later yeah. of where I'm going. I'm still going.
1: in the same seat. Either, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I literally use that example all the time. Like, I'm still in the same seat, in the same car. Either I'm pissed off or I'm not. So why would I choose? Like, I'm not going to yeah. let that situation keep me pissed off. For mm-hmm. me, where it comes from, and I'm, I've done a little bit of work on this, is I, again, I, so I grew up in Smithers. I have three other brothers. Um, my parents worked very hard and still work very hard to give us the life and every opportunity we could ever imagine as, as, as we were growing up. Like literally everything. I got to play all the sports I wanted to play. You know, I'm super, super fortunate. And I think they taught us to be really grateful at a young age that you're very lucky to have what you have. You're lucky to have your brothers. You're like really appreciate what you have in your life. And they, my mom's lost her dad when she was 11. So, her mom was a widow with six kids, and my mom had nothing. And so, it was really, really important to her to give us everything. Mm. And so, that lesson of gratitude and appreciation was so ingrained in us when we were younger. And amazing lesson. And it's, I know where it comes from now, and having done that work. But I've also started to recognize that because of that, I've never asked for what I wanted or what I needed because I never felt I had the right to when I was younger, because I was so lucky. Mm-hmm. And so that's something as a 35 year old woman. Now I'm like, it's okay to ask what you want and you need and what you need. And it doesn't make you ungrateful mm-hmm. or unappreciative, but man, that took literally probably 33 years to get to that point to acknowledge where the gratitude came from. And then acknowledge that you're allowed to, to say, actually, this is what I'd like. And totally. again, I wouldn't, I, I'm not even great at that yet, but it's when you make it aware and you, you're conscious to it, it's like, you can't, you can't turn it off.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I'm learning recently, and I play in my head all the time, is like everyone's dealing with shit. And even if you like know someone really well, like Carl, a friend, or yeah. even your sister or something like that, you don't really know what is going on in their head. So, like, a lot of people, it seems like in Greater Vancouver, are like comparing themselves to others. And that's what is big on social media is like trying to be like, look at me, look at me kind of yeah. mentality. Whereas, <clears throat> I don't know i I almost try to go the other way and just think that like everyone's dealing with some shit, like why would I yeah. compare myself to carl sure on the uh, on the surface, he looks like he's doing super well and super happy, but like I have no idea what's going on behind the scenes totally
1: you don't know what people are going through i um I'm actually next time you see me, i'm gonna have a tattoo that says love and kindness mm. i um l k so I lost a friend of mine as you know yeah. recently and um it's something that I feel like you have a choice every day and how you show up to the conversations to the experiences to the you know you walk by somebody on the street who's homeless, like choose to be kind, choose to you know to give love or whatever that is, but I just it's you yeah i I think people can look amazing on the outside or look put together and you know yeah you don't you don't know what battle they're fighting, and I don't know, it's something I'm very, very aware of, and I think. Um, again, having gone through this experience myself this past month and like, probably for three weeks, I was just a bit of a zombie, like driving. I'm sure I was, you know, I might have not driven as safe as I could have, or like, you know, you're just, you're just trying to get through your day. Um, there are situations that I'm like, Oh, wow. Like it just made me realize they don't know what I'm going through Mm -hmm. right now. I don't know what they're going through right now. And I haven't had a lot of situations myself to put that mirror back on myself, but um, just, I don't know, to, to be empathetic and to understand that I would, I would way rather assume, I don't know what you're experiencing and to be kind than, you know, oh, they're just being an asshole. They cut me off in traffic. It's mm-hmm. like, mm, you fucking have no clue what they're going through mm-hmm. and why not assume that? I don't know. Do
0: you think there's any negative though? Cause I, I, I think the exact same way. Do you think there's any negative? And I don't know why this is making me <laughs> laugh, but assuming that someone is going through something, mm-hmm. that's why they're being an asshole to mm-hmm. me.
1: <laughs> Yeah, uh, the only negative I think I get people who are like, oh, you're naive. And I'm like, I'm not fucking naive. Like, I'm fully aware that I'm choosing to see this situation this way. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fucking idiot. Of course, I know they probably just cut me off in traffic, Mm -hmm. but I'm choosing that they are, they have somewhere really important to be. You know, they've had a tough day. Like, I'm making that choice so that it doesn't upset me. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to sit in my car pissed off that someone just cut me off for the next 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not fucking naive. Of course, they just cut me off. But like, I'm not gonna, I don't know. I'm not gonna choose to let them, you know, let them own that negative space for me because I'm still in the same seat in the same car, driving in the same place. So it's kind of like the same
0: as worrying about <clears throat> what someone thinks of you. Someone says, oh, I don't like her hair or whatever. Yeah. It's You're almost the right. same thing.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Specifically so, to you. Yeah. Clearly, this is for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of insecurities, anyhow, go ahead. But like, either
0: you choose to say, oh, shit, yeah, that fucking sucks. I'm going to dwell on this for yeah. a long time. Or oh, what are other people saying about my hair, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or just being like, I don't really care what they think about my hair. I think this looks nice.
1: Yeah. It's the same. Yeah.
0: It's, I can let that guy piss me off for 15 minutes because he cut me off, or I can just be like, oh, he must be going through some
1: shit. Yeah.
0: I'm just going to carry on.
1: It's I one of the greatest lessons I learned at my previous job, and I wonder if you would even remember, but my old coworker, Dean, because um, I – I, I just remember like worrying about stuff, or you know, and you're like, someone's talking, you're like, are they talking about me? Like, you know, you like people that worry about that stuff all the time. And, and he said to me, he's like, do you really think you're that important that everyone's talking about you? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, no, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Like it just like, and he knew, he knew to say that to me so that like, it just, it was framed perfectly for me. Cause I'm like, no, I don't. So you're right. I, I'm not going to assume that if there's an issue or there's a problem, someone's going to come talk to me. But it really helped me to, to not make that assumption. But mm. I think had he not framed it that way, I probably wouldn't have let it land as strongly as it did. Because now, like, mm. again at work, I see like two guys go into a meeting, and I'm like, Click. and I'm like, oh no, I'm not that important. I'm like, yeah. and again, I I, I recognize the self depre what's the word deprecation deprecation. deprecation. Yes yeah, just want make sure yeah. I use the right word on that. Um, self deprecation in that in that comment, but. It does, it does just help to not worry about shit that you can't worry about because it's, I don't know, it's just an odd comment to make maybe, but like that, that one statement that he gave me has really, really helped me to not worry about people as much.
0: <laughs> I don't even know like how to present this, but I think when someone says something negative about me or comments on something about me, in my head... And this is just like a learned behavior of trying to avoid giving a shit what other people think or say about me because I feel like I'm on this path because I enjoy it Mm -hmm. and I want to get to this goal. So who gives a shit what people say? But I just, I always think it's a projection of something going on in their past or in their head or going on with them right now in their situation that they're putting onto me. Totally. And again, I don't know if that's like a super ignorant or arrogant thing to say. But it, for whatever reason, it works for me to just not give a yeah. shit about the comments.
1: no, I think I think that's usually the case. When somebody gets so upset about something or they make some statement you're like, like, if you really step back more often than not, I think it is mm-hmm. it's it's usually their own shit that they're dealing with that or their own insecurity or their own challenge that they're dealing with. So no, I think that's again, maybe I in the same vote as you though. <laughs> but um I, 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 don't know. I don't know if that's like an athletics thing that like.
2: I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Going into a basketball game, it was what I played in university. Going into a game, mm-hmm. in the, in my head in warm-up, I'm always thinking, like, I'm the best player on the court. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, I knew I wasn't at yeah. times, but, like, <laughs> yeah. that was just, like, a thing I said in my head in warm-up. Yeah. I don't know if it, like, hyped me up or motivated me or what. Totally. Or got me over those butterflies that, like, you always get in pre-game warm-ups. Yeah. 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 I don't know.
1: Yeah. I would just try and intimidate the other players (laughs) as much. I literally, I'd like skate over the red line, center line, like hit somebody, just bump them a little bit or like grab their puck. Like I was just a bit of an asshole. Um, (laughs) I'm a nice human in real life, but when it comes to sports, it's just like this other, it's just this opportunity to like be this other person. And I'm like, am I really that person? And I don't get the opportunity in real life to be that person or, you know, who knows? But
0: in basketball, I was like for basketball, I was a skinny white kid. Yeah. A short skinny white kid. So I didn't really have those intimidation factors. <laughs> so I had to
1: like mentally fool myself in, in warm-ups. To, <laughs> to think you yeah, I'm the best of you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so fun though. It's fun that you can be like different people when you're. Sport is so weird, huh? Hey? Yeah, it is. Do you ever look back at sport
0: and think it, um, I don't know. Obviously there's a lot of positives that I've taken away from it. Any negatives that you look back and think, Oh, I've had to relearn this in my professional career kind of thing.
2: Um, and I don't know if that's just because
1: of, again, having been an athlete, we operate that way, but like any negatives, I probably have spinned, spin into (laughs) the positive sort of thing. Um, like again, yeah, I think, I don't know, like just some not again it's not even negatives though it's like i see it as like again i'm turning it positive but i i, th- I think like just like with some of the feedback you get from coaches or teammates and things that like yeah. you know maybe you'd get defensive about or whatever the case is like just learning how to receive that feedback and recognizing i remember um you know for hockey someone says like you have to step like you got to step up early when you're playing I was like i'm a defenseman take somebody one-on-one you have to step up step up early and i'm like i am fucking stepping up early. And you see the video you're like, nope, I guess it wasn't. <laughs> like, but um until you until you see it and I remember thinking like, Oh, I just don't wanna I don't wanna hear him say that again and I'm like, Well then don't fucking do it again. Like, you know, it, it, it was something that I just like you go through these experiences and that were felt really shitty in the time, but you're like, I think it's it's totally changed how I receive feedback in all aspects of my life now. And yeah. again, I know that's not really answering your question, but I I don't know, like negatives.
0: The one thing I think about is, um, and obviously I didn't play female sports, so I can't, (laughs) I don't know if it's like specific to dudes, Mm -hmm. but there was always, football more than basketball, but similar in basketball too, is just there was always this like arrogance of the good guy, like the best players always had this like kind of arrogance and it was almost um, like welcomed. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) Like, I, I think I said this, qu- this line that sticks in my head from U17 provincial team. One of the coaches pulled me aside and said, um, in like our training camp or something, you, he's like, you became, you became really good in the last year and you're an absolute prick about it and I love it. But in sports, yeah. I, I think the difference is in sports, you're trying to beat someone. Yeah. Whereas like in business, in real life, <laughs> You're just trying to like continually improve. Whether John Smith, who's yeah. a realtor, sells 20 houses or 120 houses next year, it doesn't really affect me. I just want to like continue to grow and like learn yeah. and get better. Totally. <clears throat> Whereas in, for me in sports, it was almost like you need to beat that guy. Yeah. And I think that definitely brings out a competitiveness, which can be useful yeah. if. Maintained if like positioned well. Yeah. But at the same time, I think the thing that I've learned after sports is that kindness is so important and like treating people really well is so important. Whereas in sport, it was almost like, just be the shit of them. Who cares?
1: Yeah. Oh my God. That's, yeah. I, I definitely found that in so I, so playing, so playing in Canada, you know, Canadian athletes are very, our Can- Canadians general plight, you know, supportive, I think, for the most part. Playing in Germany and Kazakhstan, it was like, if you are a good player, you have the right to treat everyone else like shit. Hmm. And that comes with the territory. And like, that was not a comfortable state for me because playing kind of to your point, playing at UBC, like that kindness, like I was fortunate that I was usually one of the top D on the team, like from a rookie all the way to till I graduated. But to me, it was equally as important to show acknowledgement, appreciate the fourth liners, appreciate those girls that showed up to practice every single day and made me a better player, made our team a better player Mm. that wouldn't step on the ice. They wouldn't get a fucking second in a game. And yet I'm getting, you know, 30 plus minutes a night. And I, again, I don't know if this, I would assume it's probably how I was raised is just like appreciate and acknowledge those that have helped you and those that are around you. Cause I would always, you know, try to hopefully, my recollection, um, you know, take the time to appreciate those people that weren't getting those opportunities and acknowledging again, looking through their perspective, like we talked about earlier. And I think that's carried with me into my own career is like, you don't know what they're going through. Like, mm-hmm. how hard is that to practice for, you know, there's girls that I've, one of my really good friends, she was the third goalie or backup goalie, played like not many games in her entire five years at UBC. And, Just like, she jokes about it now and stuff, but man, like what she meant to our team and what she means to our, like our group of friends is unbelievable. Like she would show up, especially when you're thinking about a goalie, Mm -hmm. like you can't have a practice without a goalie. Like there's no, like, there's no, there's no two ways about it. If you don't have them in there, it's like practice sucks. Shooter tutors suck. But like, I don't know, just like that kindness of like, appreciate the opportunities you're getting every, every second of the way, and then acknowledge those around you that May not be getting that opportunity and hopefully support them, you know, within their own little, their own little world of what they're going through and acknowledge that or just say, I can understand. Like, I get that's probably really fucking hard. Like, I'm sorry you didn't get a shift. Like, it didn't make sense. We were losing five nothing, which we lost a lot at UBC (laughs) when I played there. Um, And, you know, some of those games, it didn't it didn't make sense. I'm like, we're losing. We're not going to win this game. Why wouldn't you put another player out? Why wouldn't you let them get their opportunity? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I learned a lot of kindness or learned to, um, express that kindness in sport because again, probably not probably definitely because of the way I was raised by my parents. So
0: even like looking back for me, I played uh quarterback in high school football
2: <clears throat>
0: and I think back, and this is like 10 years later thinking back and being like, I wish I would have like done something special for the O-line.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I wish I would have, like, taken them out for dinner or something yeah. before the season or after the season, whatever, just saying thank you for, like, helping me not break my leg. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And so, obviously, I wish I could have done that better, but, like, moving forward, acknowledge the support that yeah. you get around you, whether it's an assistant, whether it's, like, w- whatever it is. Yeah. Like, make sure people f- understand how important they are to your success or your goals or whatever.
1: Totally. And mm. if you get, I don't know, I did this one year. I um I bought 52 cards, I think it was. And I did like a year of gratitude. And I wrote, wrote a card to somebody each week. And this would literally be like an old teammate of mine. Mm. And it could be something that they have no idea that they did. totally Like no idea. Literally the subway lady in North Van who, whenever I came in, she knew my breakfast order, but I'm like, <laughs> you made me feel special. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Thank you for, you know, thank you for remembering my name and my order. And like, I really do, like, you made a difference in my day. And she was, like, literally in tears reading the card. And I'm like, but I, it's, yeah, take that time to appreciate people. Mm. Because, and even if it is 20 years later, like, there's so many things I think we can all think back on that we're like, wow, that one comment somebody said to me, that fucking lasted, like, I, I still to this day, it has impacted how I move forward. But have you ever told that person? Hey, that comment you said to me, and like, it's pretty wild to get to see people's responses when you take, you know, and sometimes they have no idea what you're talking about, or sometimes they're like, yeah, and I totally remember that conversation. Totally. I didn't, I didn't think you would, or I didn't, you know, I didn't even think you remembered who I was or whatever the case is, but anyhow, highly recommend that. That, ex- that um, exercise was so, and I mean, you can't not be like, again, nerdy here, but can't be not full of gratitude when you're like, Every week you're writing a card to somebody yeah. that you're constantly thinking about, who am I grateful for? Like, it's kind of a cool, cool space to sit in. You know who would get my first card? Who? Carl. Yes. What are you grateful for? He allows me to do this. Yeah. <laughs> he I've had,
0: like probably a dozen or more people ask me how to start a podcast. Yeah. And I say, I literally have no idea. You got to talk to Carl. <laughs>
2: yeah. Give him a call. They're like, what do you
0: mean? I'm like, all I do is show up and talk. I don't know. Like some sort of magic happens behind the scenes and then it's everywhere. It's <laughs> you can do, listen You to it can on help your phone me start a podcast, like. are you saying? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't be a piece of shit. That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> can you uh, look that up, so you yeah. see if it's taken? Or Anybody know? want to be my first guest? No. <laughs> I've already got a list. So, it's been... <laughs> yeah, that's fun. <sighs>
0: this is like a good networking tool for Carl. Carl, how many? a people lot lots of people chatted are, with about like wanting to start a, a lot lots of people are interested in podcasts yeah lots yeah it's good i just started my fourth one so
1: that's awesome yeah. and fifth is just around yeah. the corner yeah, there we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome
0: okay you mentioned something earlier uh with your brother and i want to yes. ask a few questions about it ask
1: any questions you could ever want
0: to maybe just give us a quick summary and then i'm There's a bunch of questions. Like, even just the procedure, like, I have no clue. So I'm super curious.
1: I literally will answer anything. Um, Yeah, so I donated my eggs so my brother and his husband can have their own child. And my nephew, Oliver, is five years old. He's turning six at the end of March. So cool. And his dads are just amazing fathers, and I knew they would be. And um, when they got married, um, in lieu of gifts, they had a baby fund. So they knew from the beginning they wanted to have children. They didn't necessarily know how or in which way that would be possible. Yeah. Um, and my recollection was at some point when they started to think about taking that step, I had said, if there's anything that I could do to help, I'm in. Like, I, I don't know how it works. I don't know if I'm viable. And um, they, yeah, it, uh, they, I ended up going through like, a bunch of tests to see if I was even possible. And I mean, there was a bit of fear around, like, there was a chance that I'd find out that I couldn't have kids by going through this process. But again, my perspective was, I'd rather know that now mm-hmm. than in five years' time, yeah. you know? So finding out any information is good. Um, so I went through a bunch of, like, medical tests to make sure I was, it was, I was able to. I had to do egg donor counseling to make sure that I mentally understood what it was that I was going to go through. That's and interesting. That I was, wouldn't
0: expect that to be part of the process.
1: Yeah, big time. Because they, being a, being a woman who hasn't had kids, yeah. they want to make sure that you understand what you're giving up. Mm-hmm. Um, and my perspective was it's genetics in a form that I could donate that my brother couldn't. But it's just, it's just genetics. I, didn't, I don't feel like... I still have people to this day that are like, how's your... I'm like nephew, like you're good. <laughs> it's my nephew. He's my nephew. <laughs> um, so I still people like who aren't as, you know, they're like, they still think it's like, well oh, it's kind of like your son. Right. Or like, I'm like, no, like love him to death, but I, he's, he's my nephew truly. Um, but then you have people who, you know, I, I may have said this earlier, but people who could carry, um, but not donate because they feel like if they donate, that's their child. And I was the opposite. I feel like I could donate cause it's my genetics, but I couldn't carry cause I want to have kids. And, I would have a hard time caring and giving up a child. Hmm. But the egg donor counseling was quite interesting. Like the questions they throw at you. And I went to family, friends. I'm like, ask me anything. Like any question you could think of because I'd rather think about it now than five years from now, question it, you know? Totally. And um, I would say there's, I think there's two questions that I not, not struggled with. One I struggled with, one that kind of stumped me was, um, well, first of all, I, I had a nephew who was already born and had I not had him in my life, Emmett, I wouldn't have known if my answers were because it was my genetics and this is my, you know, this is my whatever offspring or, you know, they were like, if if your brother and his husband split up, what role do you expect to play in the child's life? And I could go Emmett, like if my brother and his wife, my other brother and his wife split up, I'd want to be in this child's life forever. It's my nephew. Totally. So I could answer that very honestly. And I think had I not had Emmett, I don't know that I could have done this with such conviction in where I was at. But the one question was that they asked um, that stumped me a little bit was if there's something genetically wrong with the child, how are you going to handle that? And that was a bit hard, but I also know how close I am with my brother. <clears throat> and if there was something wrong with my genetics, then there likely would have been if, with his. So I could accept, I, I knew that could have been a bit hard, but I could. I felt like we could get through it because we're really a close family. But th- those were really the only questions that even came close to it's an interesting it's question. So they're right? asking
0: you, like, would you mm-hmm. think it's your fault? And would that kind of like, put you into a depression? Or what, like, what are they trying to get out of that?
1: Um, yeah, I, th- I think they were just like, if, because some people might really, really struggle with sure. that. Or I think a lot of like, not thinking back now, a lot of the questions, I think were, does she think this is her child? Like, right. they were, I think, leading questions into that. You know, like, yeah, if they split up a role, like, well, it's my child, of course, like, I'm keeping it, you know, like, like, I don't know, I don't know, because I, I wasn't in that mindset, and I'm still not in that mindset. But um, I think that was kind of like, they just wanted to make sure that I mentally could handle all of the situation that was to come. But it's, to me, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was a no brainer. If I could help my brother and his husband have a family, like, you know, even if it's, they say it's like, you know, because you do hormone injections, because I basically gave myself in vitro. Um, which, again, so many women have to go through, and it's not talked about nearly enough, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, but I had to give myself in vitro to basically make eggs, and then they do a donation where they they go up and take them out. And I think I made like 29 eggs, when usually you make one. I don't know if that's too much information, but... What? Yeah, you usually make one okay, every one of my mind. questions yeah. was, how many? <laughs> yeah.
0: Because yeah. no, this has made me really naive, nope. and I, I'm very uneducated, but I have no I wouldn't clue. have known
1: otherwise. 29 at one time? So I made, I think, either 21 or 29, but I'm pretty sure it was 29. Um, and literally, my ovaries were basically touching. They were so big. And I'm not mm. joking, you usually make one every month. Yeah. And um, But these drugs, get apparently super fertile. <laughs> uh, I'm not putting that in my dating profile. Um, uh, no. Um, but yeah, so it, the, my ovaries were basically almost touching, and they went up and they took them out, and they ended up with, um, there's like X amount that are, of quality, Like they have to be a certain size and a certain health. And then they put them with my brother's husband's sperm and made embryos. So we ended up with nine successful embryos. And they what? put two into the surrogate and it took the first time. Wow. And we wow. got all of her. So we're super... That's super rare, isn't it? Yeah, super lucky. Even yeah. having nine successful is a
0: large number. Nine It's a
1: really big number, nine successful. And the funny thing, like the question I always, always get, like, oh, how did you choose uh, whose sperm to use? I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you a minute here. I'm not okay, joking. Like friends on. of mine that are doctors, I'm like, oh, we flipped a coin. They're like, that makes sense. So I'm like, no, I'm from Smithers, but no, like, that is not what happened. Um, yeah, I, I literally got that question all the time. But, um, and then a surrogate. So a client of mine at Twist. Just for the record, that was not one of my questions. No, was it wasn't. Yeah. I, I think you had it written <laughs> down. Yeah, no. Um, one of my clients at Twist uh, was a surrogate. So she carried, wow. yeah, she carried Oliver and um tweeted the whole way through as uh I think it was yeah, she she had a Twitter handle which I'll have to find, but it was it was awesome. She had this big shirt that said, It's not mine. People would be like, Oh, it's funny. She's like, No really, it's mine. <laughs> like definitely not mine. Um but yeah, so we're super we're really lucky at all like all of her super healthy, happy and I don't know. I just I always say I feel grateful because we live in a time that it's medically possible totally. to do what they did mm-hmm. or what we did. And but that we live in a time that my brother and his husband can be who they are, be loved and supported. And like, there's literally so many people that love this little guy. It's unbelievable. And we're just really, I don't know, fortunate that it's all possible. So, yeah.
0: What is the process like of finding someone to carry
1: then? Um, so I think there's, there's like services. There's um, like, I think you could literally go, like Google surrogates online. I believe in Canada, you can't pay a surrogate, okay. but you can take care of costs in their life, like living costs and things like that. You so can't you, can, you can't st- straight up write a check for <laughs> yeah. like carrying my baby. Yeah. Um, but you can, you can, excuse me, you can cover other costs.
0: Um, but like, what about something like lost wages?
1: Yeah. If they're off So work that's route. an aspect so I that think that cover, is considered. That would be costs. Yeah. Okay. And I, there's like a lawyer involved and stuff. And even like, even though I was family. I believe we had some legal document drawn up, but uh, my brother had said like if you decide this isn't something you want to do, up until we put the eggs in the embryos in, like you have the right to back out. And they were so supportive and so real and so you know, like in my opinion, I was like, there's no way, and I I knew I wanted to do this. I knew I felt grateful that I had the opportunity to make an impact for them. Um, but there's yeah, there's definitely some legal documentation on the on the surrogate side too. I think in the States you can straight up pay somebody to do it, but in Canada not. They had somebody else that was close. And I believe that there was, she wasn't necessarily as healthy, not that the health of her matters to the health of the baby, but the health of her matters to the health of her and her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So it was important to, to them that she was taking care of herself and that, you know, she was set up to be as successful for her own health as possible so that the pregnancy would go nice and smooth. But we couldn't have found a better person. Like Tara's unbelievable and so rad. And she's a part of, I knew she'd be a part of our life forever. Like I, because I knew Tara and I knew my brother, I just like, I know our family and that would be the case. And so she's like, yeah, she, you know, she comes over for dinner and stuff and she's still a part of a part of what we do. And Oliver, like Aiden and Jason said that they're always going to be honest with, Oliver, like if he asks questions, they'll, they'll tell him because at some point he's got two dads. So, Hmm. you know, he's going to know that something happened and, um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it is interesting as time goes on, definitely a few more questions come up, but also we live again more in a time that a lot of people have two dads or two moms or one dad or one mom or, you know, a grandma, like whatever the case is. So, um, some of the things that we worry about as adults, kids don't even think twice about. Yeah,
0: so. that was one of the things. Is like, <clears throat> when and how do you do you tell them? Yeah. Do you talk to them about it?
1: um for, Again, from my understanding they're just honest with them all mm. the way through. If there's a question, like, you know, your auntie Haley helped you get there, get here, you know, and Auntie Tara helped you grow. um So I think it's just, yeah, just that ongoing conversation. I I do find it interesting because he, like, they bottle fed obviously like formula and she pumped um from the beginning so he his like every child usually no, maybe this is too much information but usually know what his, like breasts are and why they're like what they are and there's a purpose to them but he he never there was no purpose for him right, right. so that's been an interesting thing more recently <laughs> is he's like five and six he's like doesn't understand like what are these and what are they for like <laughs> you know like whereas i think most other kids. That just doesn't, they don't experience that. So it's, it's us navigating that. And again, I was try to be respectful to Aiden and Jason on how, and where, how they want to communicate everything. But, um, yeah, Oliver definitely has some questions around certain things. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. I'm like, uh, ask your dad. No, but <laughs> they've, they've been good. They're just like, be honest, be upfront. Like they're not hiding anything from him. Um, and yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, we're, we're really lucky. They've, uh, they've got a pretty rad family. So totally. yeah.
0: Man, there's so many things that just, like,
1: again, it's like the white male
0: thing. Mm -hmm. It's like there's so many things that you don't think about that because your life doesn't experience it. Yeah. Like, even
2: one, I'd like to have a kid. Yeah. How is that possible? If, like, if you're gay and you're with another dude,
0: how how do we even start this process? Is this ever going to happen for us? Totally. Whereas, like, a lot of people just have sex and... Yeah. There you go. You know? it
1: out. Yeah, totally. So
0: like even just understanding like the the trials and the even just the like stress that it could put on their relationship
2: mm-hmm.
0: is something that, you know, a lot of straight people just never have to even encounter, right?
1: Yeah, and financial stress. Like totally. again, oh yeah. Totally. I, I don't know what it costs, but I know that there's obviously a cost associated with it. And yeah, it's there's there's you're right, there's a lot of stress. Even so going they moved to new york for a year uh my brother's partner my brother's husband is a partner with kpmg cool. and i understand when they were moving to new york that it wasn't seen as legal to be gay and married oh married oh, so wow. then all of a sudden yeah, they're not legally married and that's not their child whose child it is like there was just like you know like it's one of their child like but like just some of those things that all, all of a sudden like on paper it isn't necessarily seen as the same. And they had to really, you know, look at some of the, you know, whether it's sticking with their certain certain legalities within their own company, within mm-hmm. Canada or the U.S. and like just things that you, would, like nobody else has to think about. But when they cross the border, you know, you can't just cross the border with any child if it's not yours. Like there's passports and, you know, those things that not, no most people don't even have to think twice about. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, I don't know, there's just a, It's our, yeah, our lives are fairly easy as, you know, straight white, straight, straight white humans. Um, But it's, yeah, I don't know. They've, I I feel fortunate that I get to experience a whole part of the world that I wouldn't have gotten to. And I think kind of, again, ties back to something we've talked about a lot in the podcast is understanding and respecting where other people come from Mm -hmm. and their perspectives. Because I, you know, certain comments that people make that to me are you know homophobic and i'm like
2: fuck like you don't
1: know how hard it is like mm-hmm. i you know i remember i my brother saying you know if i if i had a choice i wouldn't be and this was like early early days of him going through all this but that makes breaks my heart like sure. it's who you are like you know and but again i think people just don't understand don't understand what others are experiencing and going through and I think we just need to all be a little bit more empathetic.
0: That's kind of like why I like doing these podcasts is because um, I like talking to interesting, cool people, usually that are like doing something. So are somewhat self-motivated, whether it's in business or sports or music or whatever. Yeah. But just like hearing completely different perspectives. So I'm, I am met a client recently that... um is gay, he lives with his husband, and he was talking about moving. So yeah. we went over their place and we're talking about like what they're looking for, areas, et cetera. And he made a comment um, saying, like, look, we moved into this neighborhood where we live now, not really knowing. And it was a bit scary mm-hmm. of like how accepting people were going to be. And, and I, again, it's 2020, like, I have gay friends. Like, I literally don't care if you like, yeah, are. Indian or Asian or yeah. what? Like, doesn't matter. Are you a nice being, person? Yeah. Are you kind of people? Yeah, Amazing. I exactly. want to be your friend. It's
1: that simple, right? Yeah.
0: But again, it's just like another perspective that someone else is going through something that they have to think about what neighborhood they're buying into in terms of how accepting people in that neighborhood are going to be. It's so and it's, true. It's wild. Yeah. But it's cool to like these all these conversations just continually like help your personal growth because you're like in the uh, getting cut off yeah it's just like another thing to be like oh well maybe they had a tough day because of yeah. something i want to give them benefit of the doubt kind of
1: yeah thing. so and what you're saying again almost ties back to what we were talking about earlier you know women at night yeah like i know that again not just my brother and his husband but other friends that are you know that are gay or bi or whatever there's they have to be cautious in how they um like okay, I can't hold hands in this certain neighborhood, or like if I'm out at night, they'll you know like they and I'm like you just like I don't know, like also not feeling safe in certain situations, and to me, that's just so like there's things that I think often we can take for granted that it's like it's you know you know whatever kissing your partner in public like that's not something that they can just do, yeah, even still in twenty twenty, you know, like I think they can just still do it, but like I also don't, I haven't been there when it hasn't been received well or when, you know, like, I don't know what they're feeling when they're in a certain area or situation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's funny
0: because, like, now for me, I'm almost, like, excited about Seeing two guys kiss in public, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. amazing that yeah. they feel comfortable that they can do totally. it. Totally, I love it. Yeah. Whereas, like, a guy and a girl are making out on the sidewalk, and I'm like, get a room. Like, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <just get laughs> really, right here. here now.
1: This is yeah. Gross. <laughs> My, uh, I have a friend who like they want to hold, do. A, I don't know if it's a podcast or they would have the Instagram on um, gaze on the jumbotron because there's none. <laughs> right? Like, there's how that's often amazing. is there like a camera that puts two men together like, or yeah, two totally. women together? And I, I, I sure I understand that they're guessing it's, maybe yeah. in certain situations, mm-hmm. but I feel like even like we could be at a game together and be they'd be guessing, you yeah. know, I'd kiss Carl. In the yeah. cheek. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> but those, yeah, just though, again, the, I, I, it's, so, it's just something I heard recently. I'm like, that's true. You never see mm-hmm. the, in those kiss cams, you never see them put two men or two women unless it's like a specific night. And they did, the Canucks did a sure. uh, pride night uh, last season cool. and they got, ridiculed by their fans what? they got so much bad that
2: sucks it That's...
1: was so, I was so fucking angry because I'm like are you kidding like I know the hockey world has so far to go when it comes to <clears throat> to that but it's I was pretty upset that like fans yeah fans were upset about the fact that they did like a pride night and I'm like are it's you disappointing
0: joking? like to hear that stuff I obviously didn't know that but from my perspective it seems like it's getting a lot more accepting throughout bc yeah i don't know about other parts of the world but it seems like it's a lot more accepting and then hearing stuff like that it just kind of yeah makes it seem like oh shit
1: <laughs> yeah i th- i think it it definitely is i think it is getting better and it is getting more accepted but i do think you still run into people like well as long as it's not in my house like it's not where, I, where not to the games that i'm going to like you like, know like it can it happen there in any way yeah and i'm who like cares? it's two people who love each other exactly that's all That matters, yeah. It's, my friend loves his dog, like, yeah, <laughs> good for him, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great, I love beer, yeah. right? We're good, um, yeah, no, it's we are. I mean, it's, I probably sound negative, I know we are taking steps in the right direction, but it, sometimes we take steps a little bit faster, but maybe one day
0: it's like those people that are starting this like straight pride parade,
1: fuck off, yeah, like, <laughs> like
0: you haven't been ridiculed for hundreds of years, yeah. like, take it easy,
1: it, yeah, oh my god. <laughs> like, I Couldn't even imagine going to that parade.
0: Oh my god! And, uh, <laughs> like, was there something in the states of like white pride? Like, uh, f- fuck off! Yeah, it's so
1: ridiculous. You do not understand what people are going <laughs> through. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's. I, I, not to keep talking, but um, conversation that's come up quite a bit for me recently is around again the whether it's racial, whether it's homophobic, whether it's gender, um, and how often it's like say the person who is the minority has to be the one to to fight and speak up totally and it's like god they're already going through such like why do they have to be the one to say Mm -hmm. hey i don't like that it's actually shitty because you're already like it's shitty i don't like it like i don't know it's been it's just been a real hot topic for me lately on again not just like in in all aspects of like i see you know on the racial side i see people who are Yeah, it's, they just have to laugh things off because what's the the option? You know, like, they don't want to be that person who's like, actually, I really don't appreciate that. And they shouldn't have to be. And, you know, I try to be the one to be like, ah, not a cool comment, like not needed, you know. But I don't know, it's just a, I don't know how that's going to change or how, how or when it can be better. But I hope soon.
0: It seems like from my perspective, and again, very short lifespan so far, But like when I was a kid, it seemed like it was very Mm close-minded. And in the last few years, it seems like the majority of people I talk to and associate with are just like completely open-minded. Yeah. So it's like, from my perspective, it seems like it's gotten a lot better, whether it's racial or sexual or whatever. Yeah. It just seems like there's been a lot of progress. Yeah. But again, I understand that my sample is pretty...
1: No, it's, Small. it's fair. I do. Th- I think um, as a whole, we are getting way better for sure. I think there's certain industries that could use a little help. Yeah, totally. We'll get there, right?
0: <laughs> like the old boys club in yes. lumber, or what? <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Baby steps. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, lots to change, but it's fun. It is fun. It's fun. I, I, fun in the
2: sense that I think it's an opportunity to make a difference, and that's mm-hmm. that's fun. If you can see the change. but And born the,
1: what is the podcast called? Don't be a piece of shit. Don't be a piece of shit podcast. <laughs> this just is the change we the Don't we're be a piece for. of shit. Yeah, yeah, this is it. Please follow us at <laughs> www. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Carl's actually just reserved the Oh, uh, perfect. Can you? Because the the URL URL I'm dead go-down. serious.
1: I'm, I will. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> don't be a piece of shit.com oh I can't in wait soon. to play you some of the recordings because <laughs> it's so funny uh,
1: anyhow thanks yeah. for coming out yeah thanks for having me appreciate it off to do it again yes definitely definitely definitely
0: awesome. what uh it's crazy going to an event that I was on the fence about going to brings you some new connections yeah Love it.
1: I know that was really fun today. yeah it was random fun. but fun totally yeah
0: even, okay, back to the female thing. Yeah. Even at that event, I think we sat beside you for dinner. Yeah. And we were chatting quickly and you're like, oh, I think I'm the only female I was like, here. I didn't
1: realize there's not another woman in this room yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, expect, I don't know why I didn't, I should have maybe because it's UBC men's football. It was but a football thing, yeah. I kind of assumed that there'd be another female, like even the bartender maybe or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. No, that was, uh, that was fun though. Of
0: okay. course. Yeah. Thanks a lot for coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That was really fun.